Welcome everybody back to the Friar Talk podcast and YouTube channel. Today we are going to be recapping the national series. Um, ended off spectacular. I went to the every game except for Tuesday night. So pretty early on on that Thursday game, I was a little bit frustrated. Uh, I think I texted Chase and Isaac. Uh, just I think they could tell I was a little bit frustrated. Isaac, I think every time I went, I got a text in the second inning from you. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, but it ended off spectacular. I got to see one of the coolest comebacks I've ever watched. Probably the best sporting event I've ever watched in terms of the actual game. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, you got to see Camarena come in, relief pitcher, grand slam, uh, something you don't get to see every day. And then you got to see Trent Grisham. We've talked about how much we like Trent Grisham. Uh, he walks it off in the ninth after a amazing catch by Jake Cronenworth. Um, and, and the series was really rocky. I think this was probably... I'm pretty concerned right now with just the state of this team, but you see the heart, you see how San Diego is kind of turning into a baseball town. So I think overall you definitely leave on a positive note after coming back down eight zero and to win the game nine, eight on a walk off. Uh, but I'll let you start chase. What are just your overall thoughts on this series after, you know, a very rocky, some very rocky outing from our starting pitchers. Yeah. Honestly, looking back at the series, you're like, wow, we kind of lost this series, but then you look at it and we're like, wait, we split. It was just because the lows were so much lower than the highs, except for the last game. You had like Weathers, and you're like, okay, he had an okay start from Weathers. He didn't go the greatest. Darvish had a rough start. We're just gonna slip over Paddock because I really don't want to bring that up right now. That was that was too words cannot describe the massacre that that was. And then you see like the resurgence of like Will Myers. Eric Hosmer had a clutch hit, but that doesn't make up for everything else he's done. And like, and you're like, wow, this this starting pitching ever since the uh, the sticky band is kind of very hit or miss. They either have like a really good outing, or it's a very short outing, and they get absolutely massacred. And the bullpen is left to salvage the rest of the game. But we did win two. We had a great game yesterday. After I checked my phone because I was cooking dinner, and I was like, well, it's eight to zero already. Don't think I'll turn on this. I'm going to skip it. And then I come back. Daniel Camarena hits a two run or not. Um, it's a grand slam. And you're just like, you know what? We're back in this. It was a weird series, but you know what? Hey, I'd rather split, even though it felt like a loss, but we split. Yeah. Um, how about the most underdog story that I've probably ever heard of? A kid from Bonita, California, who's a journeyman in the major leagues, been in the or major leagues, sorry, minor leagues been down in the minors for around 10 years, comes up in his first at-bat, has to face Max Scherzer, one of the greatest pitchers, one of the best pitchers now, possibly ever. And he hits a grand slam. Uh, and I don't even know how he hit that pitch. That pitch almost hit the floor. And he ropes it. So to me, you know, for I think for a lot of people, it's going to be known as, oh, man, you know, that was one of the greatest Padre comebacks ever. Like, I can't believe that happened. For me, that's always going to be known as the Daniel Camarena game. And I think that's what it should be for every Padre fan. That should be the Daniel Camarena game, you know, because from San Diego, he didn't, you know, I don't think he expected to go up there at all. I don't think he expected to see an at-bat at all this year. And, you know, with this whole family there, I think everyone saw their family's reaction. Um, it was just, it was such a cool moment. It was one of the coolest things that I've seen as a Padre fan. Um, and I know I just kind of went a little, you know, glorifying Daniel Camarena, but he, he absolutely deserves it. But in terms of this, this, uh, this series, it was a, 
very rocky series. Definitely felt like a roller coaster of emotions where you were very frustrated at one point with the starting pitching. You were very frustrated because they weren't, you know, able to keep up with the with the hitting of the Nationals. And we can't blame the lineup. Like Joe Musgrove allowed five. Ryan Weathers had a rocky start. You Darvish of all people had a really rocky start. Chris Paddock looked absolutely horrendous and got booed off the field. And you know, and I'm not gonna say Chris Paddock deserved to get booed off the field, but you need to put up, you know, you need to put up a better start than that. Especially you can't be this inconsistent considering you're the fourth or fifth starting pitcher, you know, the comments you've made in the past, um, the confidence that the organization has put in you, that the fan base, I have put a lot of trust and faith into Chris Paddock that he'd be able to turn around. He's had some amazing starts for sure. And I'll give him a bunch of credit, but you can't, you, you can't be so inconsistent to where now we're thinking ship off Chris Paddock. You need to be that fourth or fifth starter where at most you'll give up five runs because when you give up seven or eight runs, your, your team's already out of the game. Your job as a starting pitcher is to keep your team in the game. And um, I don't really feel like any of the starting pitchers did that. Um, maybe Ryan Weathers, I guess, at, 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 in some extent. Um, but this lineup, Chase, you absolutely brought it up. Will Myers, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Will Myers right now because I've slandered him. And I, I never hate Will Myers. I've never hated Will Myers. I still like Will Myers. And I want, I want him to turn around genuinely. And now he's batting over 300 in his last seven games, really starting to find his footing this season. And it's so good to see because we want to see that guy win. But very a roller coaster of emotions this series. Um, I feel like we're lucky enough to split it. Um, but the talent of this team is there, and the starting pitching needs to find their footing here real soon. Yeah, absolutely. And all your stuff about Camarena, I think that's great. Also, I don't know if you guys knew this, Scherzer had never allowed a home run to any pitcher before. That was the first time in his entire career that that happened. So I thought it was amazing. Um, and also the pitch was nasty. Like you said, Isaac, I have no idea how he hit it. Um, I was in left field. So you still see that the ball's going out immediately off the contact because it got lasered. Like he smoked that thing. Uh, it went 416 feet, I believe. It was this, I think it was the second farthest hit of the day uh, besides Tatis's. So he comes up there. Um, and if you guys follow us on Twitter, I tweeted out. I had a tweet typed out. I was like, they're not pinch hitting him. Like I'm at the game, come on, Tangler. Like it was, it was kind of like a joke, but I was like, dude, I'm here. Like, like, and I understood it because I was like, all right, they they don't have guys to eat up innings. That's what they're doing. But I was like, one hit can change this game. And then of course he hits a grand slam, which was just, it was so cool. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I didn't, I didn't leave that game. Uh, I honestly, I didn't. No one, nobody around me left. I will say that. Every all the Padre fans stayed the whole time. Um, and that was something really special. You talked about the starting pitching a little bit. We will definitely get into that. Uh, our episode on Saturday is really going to be just about our concerns with the starting pitching because I, I tweeted this out, and, and I still feel the same way, even though after the win, this is the most concerned point I've been in the whole season. Even when they were slumping a few weeks ago, it was like, okay, they're slumping because they're not hitting. They're going to turn around. They're going to hit. But since the sticky stuff has changed – um, and this was, this was, I think 15 days ago. So this was after the paddock start. So this was before last, before Darvish's start last night, there was a stat that said over the past 15 days, which is not exactly when the sticky stuff got banned, but pretty close. It was, they are the least amount of innings pitched by starting pitching and they've allowed the most or the second most earned runs. That is a recipe for disaster right there. Like that is atrocious. Um, do they have guys that can turn around? Yes. Darvish and Musgrove are the, are the clear one and two for this team. We haven't seen much of Blake Snell lately, and I know he hasn't been you know amazing, but he's even though he has not had like his best year, 
he's still been like a, a decent option. You know what I mean? So like, it's not like, oh, like they haven't been at full strength. That is fair. Lamette's been out. Paddock had, had in that 15 days, he's had two really, really bad outings, which yes, he's had a couple of them, but I think that's kind of an outlier for the whole staff when you look at it that way. But still, that's the problem. And the other problem is that maybe a month ago, maybe it was two weeks ago around that range, we were discussing that the pitching needs to step it up. They need to start going deeper in the games. And it's been the exact opposite. So we'll get into all that stuff tomorrow in a lot more in depth. But I think that's the big concerns from a hitting perspective. Amazing series for this lineup. You you brought up Hosmer. Machado is red hot. They intentionally walked Machado felt like 10 times this series. Um, they had wanted no part of him. Everyone started chanting Manny last night when he came up, and then they intentionally walked him. I was like, oh, my God, I cannot believe they – I mean, it was obvious they were going to do it, but it was just such a bummer because he comes up like, all right, this is guaranteed. He's bringing them home. Like, he's been so clutch this year. Um, you have Tatis hit two absolute rockets this series. Um, Fam, Fam had an excellent game yesterday. He's been he's been really good. Pretty much the whole lineup has looked really good. Myers looking fantastic over the last week. So oh, even – Caratini had a couple base, a couple knocks as well. So, like, the entire lineup looked really good this series. You put up five runs, seven runs, five runs, and then nine runs. That That's great. And, and even in the, the Wednesday game, like, oh, they put up five runs. It, it could have looked a lot different if you don't go down, what is it, 8-0, 10-0. Like, that really deflates your chances. That, you know, you pull Machado early. Like, So that's kind of where I'm at there. But anything else you guys want to add before we kind of take off out of this after this recap? Um, yeah, just, you know, all hail Daniel Samarina, obviously. Um, but we're lucky to get out of the series 2-2. Hopefully the starting pitching comes around. Tati, you brought up Tatis, hit some missiles, threw a ball 96 miles per hour. Um, Manny's still playing that gold, gold glove defense. Jay Cronenworth's underrated defense. So, Chase? Yeah, I was going to shout out Jay Cronenworth and, you know, Tatis defying physics, but he started to mention that for me. <laughs> yeah absolutely amazing defense absolutely great to see this lineup you know they're raking right now raked off max scherzer put up six runs off max scherzer i i don't think any of us thought that would happen uh going to that game i think we all thought this is gonna be a, p- a pitching duel well it ended up nine to eight in padre's favor so fun series you know roller coaster of emotions like i said earlier but fun series yeah that was uh the first game i've gone to with my girlfriend to petco park and I thought, like, all right, just so you know, like, there's probably not going to be a lot of runs scored. It's probably not going to be a super eventful game today. I was completely wrong. <laughs> Literally one of the most insane games all season long. So it, it was funny that that was the case. And, and after the game, she's like, oh, I, I thought you said that there wasn't going to be a lot of runs. And she was messing with me about it. So it, it was always good. But amazing series. I, I mean, if you leave this, like, after kind of watching the beginnings, leaving it to you is great. So I think that's going to do it for the segment, though. So the Padres starting pitching has been – really bad lately and for me I, I talked about it. i had a tweet about it this is the most concerning point i've i've been in like i've been this is the most concerned i've been all year just because you look at where they're at right now and it's really scary the innings pitched are are clearly an issue the padres bullpen is heavily taxed and then you add in that they have not been performing since the sticky band so chase i'll let you start off with it man how concerned are you right now about the padres starters it, it's pretty concerning. Like you mentioned in the earlier episode, the Padres have the most inning pit or not, have the least amount of innings pitched from their starters, but the most earned runs for the last 15 days, which you're not going to win many games like that. It's, it's, or the second most earned run. It's, 
you're not going to win games like that. It you're putting the offense at the point where they're going to have to do the majority of the load and the bullpen, which is already taxed as can be to the point where you guys are bringing up guys just from the minor leagues, throw them for five innings and then send them back down because the guys in that bullpen need that much of a break. It's getting to the point where, Hey, if the starter has a bad outing, you might as well just force him to go six to seven innings just to save the bullpen. Like when Paddock was getting rocked, I was just like, yeah, you know what? If I'm the manager, I'm like, hey, look, man, I know you just gave up eight runs and you're probably feeling like absolute garbage right now and you're pitching like absolute garbage. But, hey, I need you to go out there for another four to five innings because those guys can't handle it right now. You you need to clean up this mess. Um, yeah, so yesterday I was telling myself, you know, don't be concerned yet unless Darvish gives another bad outing. Nonetheless, Darvish gets another bad outing. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, now our ace just surrendered two, just had two bad outings in a row. Like, what are we going to do? And if we're going down the list, Darvish, no question, he's our ace. I don't expect this kind of, you know, drift these past two starts to continue. I fully expect him to bounce back. But now going down the list even more, Blake Snell, great at home and inconsistent on the road. And we know that if we make the playoffs, we got to win road games. We're going to have to win games on the road in which Blake Snell's probably going to have to start. Um, another one, but Joe Musgrove has his – He think of him as like a hitter. He's kind of streaky. He has that, that stretch of starts where he's really, really, really good. You know, that's no, no, Joe. Uh, he probably gives up max two or three earned runs when he's on. When he's not, concerning. You know, he goes into that Reds game, he gives up a bunch of runs in the first, I think they went five. I think he went five. He comes into this one, gives up more, you know, you know has another bad outing. Um, so he's pretty streaky, but when he's on, he's a really good pitcher, undisputed number two. Chris Paddock, we've talked about it. I said he can't be this inconsistent if he wants to stay in this rotation as a number four or five. From a number four or five, we're not expecting anything crazy. We're not expecting shutout innings. I think that's what some people are expecting out of Chris Paddock because of the hype from back then. That's not who Chris Paddock is anymore. Now I expect him to go five, maybe allowing two or three earned runs. And I'm okay with that. He goes out and he allows eight and what two or three or two or three innings. Can't have that. You can't be that inconsistent. And if you're mad about getting booed at home, you need to fix it. I don't know if he was mad. He stayed out there, you know, credit to him for staying out there. But you need to fix that. You need to be a more consistent starter in this league. And then that fifth spot, who even is in that fifth spot now? You know, like Ryan Weathers is in it right now, but he he's got called up recently and he's he's struggled his past couple outings. And we brought it up. He's, he's kind of outperforming his uh his, he was kind of outperforming himself according to his baseball savant numbers. The advanced stats stats showed that he wasn't great in many categories. And yes, he's a Dodger killer. He's had great starts against the Dodgers, but against the others, he's been good. He's been good. He hasn't been great. Um, and we love Ryan Weathers. He's definitely going to ascend into a good starter soon. But for right now, he's a really, 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 really good long reliever. I'd love to see him in that long reliever role. I don't want to see him gone, but that's what he should be. Um, so overall, concerning, um, especially because Blake Snell just went on the IL right now. I just saw Drew Pomeranz as well. So an already taxed bullpen now needs you know reinforcements again for who knows how many times this has happened so far this season. Reese Nair is getting the start in this series for the first game against Colorado. Um, hopefully he does well. This will come out on Saturday. We're recording this on the first uh, the first day of the, of the series. Hopefully he does well. Um, 
but definitely very concerning. Hopefully they bounce back. 15 game, you know, 15 game sample size is pretty good to me. Yeah, there's there's a lot of concerning stuff, and like you said, hopefully Reese comes out and has a really good outing because if you can kind of add him to the mix, that would be amazing. Um, you bring up Weathers, and I would say Weathers has pitched really well. Problem with Weathers is I don't think he's quite ready to get stretched out as a consistent six inning guy. Now he did go; he allowed four runs last time, last outing, but he did go five and a third, and I was I was very happy with that, and I think you guys were happy with that as well. But it's not some dominant outing or anything like that. I like you said, Isaac. He is like the perfect mold for that long reliever role or like that Josh Hader type of role currently. Does he project to be a future starter? Absolutely, but he's not right there right now, and that's what the Padres are in desperate need of. So when I'm kind of looking at it, my big question is, is just this just a little bit of a pitching slump, or is this something that has to do with the sticky band since it's been there? And, and we don't know that. We don't have the answers to that, but – I think that's like the big question. It's going to be looming for the rest of July until the trade deadline. Maybe they make some moves for a starter. I would say that now um, when you start adding in all these injuries, uh, you brought up Blake Snell, and it seems like he'll be back up the all-star game and he'll be all right. Uh, Nelson Lamette, we don't know what's going on with him. We have advocated to, to stop throwing him, trying to make him into a starter, at least at this point, just because he has, you know, he's been on the aisle twice. He went on the aisle last year, like so many injuries with his, UCL and elbow and, and those kind of injuries. So the big question is, is this just a little bit of a slump or is this something where they're being really affected by the loss of the sticky stuff? And if that's the case, and we're not going to know that for a while, but if that is the case, you're looking at a team that must add starting pitching. And and if it is the sticky stuff and some of these guys are not, are going to be like really struggling like Chris Paddock, for example, then you might have to add two starters, which cost a lot in the MLB. Uh, we brought up Maeda. Um, Chase, you had, I forgot, I remember you were talking about another guy. Um, is Alcantara that it was? Sandy Alcantara, yeah. Yeah, so, and I'll let you get into those guys in a second, but right now, do you guys think that a starter is the biggest need at the deadline? Because I think for a World Series contending team, they need to add another arm. Because right now, I, th- I think you you would say, and, and I would include Blake Stell in this category, you have three guys that you have faith in. Has Blake Snell been anything like super spectacular this year? No, but we know who he is. He has been a starting pitcher in the league for enough time to know that he's not going to you know, fall apart or fall off a cliff in terms of like he might be inconsistent, but you know generally what you're going to get out of him over a course of a full season. So, and Musgrove and Darvish, I'm not as concerned with them, but they have had a couple of rough outings lately. So there, I mean, there is a little bit of, all right, what's going on here? But like, those are the three guys. You can't – we saw it happen last playoffs. You can't roll into the playoffs with three starters. Like, that is a huge no-no. So, do they have to add a starter this year? 100%, absolutely. You were mentioning it earlier. I don't think we were recording. The Padres don't have any pitcher that is in the top 10 within of all pitchers with innings pitched. You can find Darvish, I think you said, around 13, and then you'd have to scroll quite a ways for the next guy. That's on the Padres. Just that just shows you how little our starters have thrown, and it's killing us. You need a guy that can eat innings. That's why I always advocate for Sandy Alcantara. He was in the top ten last time I checked. He had a short outing yesterday. He's number two, exactly like that. He had a rough outing yesterday. You could attribute that to a couple of errors, and it was Rodgers, but 
there's two errors that might have, you know, changed the way that that outcome occurs. But nonetheless, he's the second in innings. He seems to go at least six innings each outing, which would help the bullpen tremendously. It takes some of the stress off some of the other guys. Like we're expecting fish to go out there and throw six to seven innings because the bullpen needs that break. We need Musgrove to go six to seven innings. We have that guy, number four, number five. Hey, you know what? They get a little bit like a back-to-back break. Five and then one. You know what? They Some guys don't have to throw. And then two, three, four can figure out the rest. But yeah, a starter is definitely our number one need compared to anything else because Myers is starting to come around. The outfield has its chemistry back. Tommy Pham is great. I guess the only other position you could really consider is either bullpen or somehow figuring out something to do with first base. Starting pitching, and who knew, you know, last deadline the need was starting pitching. In the offseason, the need was starting pitching. We addressed it. So I thought, you know, coming to this trade deadline, starting pitching would be the least of our worries. We're here again, and we need starting pitching yet again. And, um, you know, it's very concerning because Darvish has been great, but he hasn't had, you know, he's not in the top 10 inning of uh, innings pitch right now. The next guy is Joe Musgrove at around 35. And just for reference, the third guy on our team is Chris Paddock, who just went out in the second inning and has had some innings where he's only went three or four innings. That's very concerning considering, you know, Denelson Lamette, second IL stint this year, went on the IL in, in uh, what was it, October, September last year, late September. Um, and we thought he was going to need Tommy John. Um, Ryan Weathers comes out with dead arm at one point. Uh, the bullpen is heavily taxed. So now you need to go after a guy like Chase's guy, Sandy Alcantara, or a guy like Kyle Gibson, or, you know, Kenta Maeda isn't anything special, but we need starters at the deadline, and that's a guarantee. I guess my concern now is that with the Dodgers, um, the Dodgers lost Trevor, I think, might be inevitable. Who knows what's going to go on with this case? They might lose Trevor Bauer. Clayton Kershaw just hit the IL with forearm inflammation. So now... The Dodgers need pitching too. So now we're we might be in a huge competition for starting pitching at the deadline with our biggest rival. Do we want to let them win? I don't. Um, because why well, the main reason I don't want to let them win is because we had Mookie Betts. We were pretty close to getting Mookie Betts. They take Mookie Betts out of nowhere, and now they have one of the best players in baseball locked in. So do we. But they have Mookie Betts, and I love Mookie. I used to love Mookie. Do I love Fernando more? And do I think Fernando's better? Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but we can't let them win at the deadline. We have to be winners at the deadline. And we have to come up and we have to go get a guy like Gibson or Alcantara. Al- Maybe there's an ace out there that can be acquired. Jose Barrios, you know, he's not an ace, but he's a very, very solid pitcher. Um, but maybe there is an ace at the deadline that could be acquired. We never know what's on Preller's mind. It going How you went back a little bit and you started looking, oh, what do we need at the last deadline? Starting pitching. Oh, acquire Clevenger. What do we need this offseason? Starting pitching. Oh, we went out. Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. What do we need this deadline? Starting pitching again. It's it's becoming to get a little bit redundant here, and and I don't know what I don't know what it is. Like it, it's hard to like place, but uh, guys are dropping. That's the other issue. Like you look at the beginning of the season, who was the fifth starter? Morahone. Where's he? Not back for at least a year and a half. Now, Clev, there is a chance that Clev could be back for the playoffs. I would highly, if he does come back, I would highly doubt that he's a starter. I'm assuming that he would not pitch that much. He'd probably pitch a couple innings and it would be, you know, 
every like few days he could pitch two innings or something like that, which don't get me wrong. That's a huge game, but he's still like, that's still not a starting arm. So you have to have, have like acquire a starter. I, I do think they're like my Ada. I think that's a solid deal. I don't think he's a very costly option. I, I don't think he would, it would be that much. Um, talked about the bullpen. You're probably going to really need a bullpen, like a bullpen piece as well, just because all right, like all these guys are so taxed. Um, and I, I, I mean, Blanton's been really good over the course of the season, but people have begun to absolutely hit missiles off of him. Last night was a prime example. There was a liner out to Trent Grisham. Cronworth makes an excellent play. Both of those balls were absolutely scorched. So that's a really concerning thing. Still think that he's a, a big piece in this bullpen, even if the Padres did trade for another closer, you know, move some to a, to a closer. Palm was supposed to be that eighth inning guy. Palms, his velocity has dropped. He's, you said he just got put back on the IL, so that's not a good sign. Um, we don't know if we're going to see him. Like, we don't know what his deal is. Matt Strom, he could come back. And you start looking like, all right, who's the, who are these guys that are just, like, holding, like, saving the Padres? I, I love that it's this guy, Craig Stammen, who I remember when they re-signed him, I was like, dude, what are we doing? Craig Stammen is saving the Padres right now. Craig Stammen and Tim Hill, they deserve all the respect they could possibly get because – they have pitched so many innings, a lot of high leverage situations. Emilio Pagan, he was slumping a little while back. He's pitched a, a lot of innings as well. Like so many guys in this bullpen are pitching a ton, and they're really the team. They're, they're really the guys that are saving this ball club right now. Like this is a this is a huge issue, I think. Um, and I remember when when everyone was freaking out when the Padres had like a, a bad losing streak a while back. We were pretty calm about it. Like, I hey, don't worry about it. Like they're gonna bounce back. Like this sucks, but it's the course of baseball season. I think even even though they split that last series, it's so concerning because you're looking at it going, what is going on with the, the pitching? And, and if you don't have pitching, if you don't have starting pitching, it's really, really tough to win in the playoffs. So I, I'm really scared right now. I'm very nervous for this team. But anything else you guys want to add before we kind of end this segment? Yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, this is just kind of a pitching slump. A couple bats here and there for a couple of the guys, but – if it continues on for another couple of weeks, it's trade deadline is right near the end of it. Yeah, the MLB draft, you know, maybe there's a couple guys that are like, you can snatch off the board right away that can contribute, but I doubt it. You got to hope, you know, Mackenzie Gore comes back from his blister injury and has everything fixed when he needs to. He's right now, he's in Arizona. If that all works out, maybe you add him to the rotation. If not, you can't add Espinosa. You can't add Lawson because they're just coming back from injury and rushing them back. So horrible idea. So you're running out of minor league options that are credible. And, you know, it's it's concerning, it's to say the least. And now the Dodgers lost three of their starting pitchers this year, and you're going to have to compete with the Dodgers who aren't afraid to make moves. They're, not, they're ready to sell the farm system at any time. We've seen that the past four years. So it's it's very concerning. Love it, Chase. And I know we bring up the Dodgers a lot, but let's be real. that They're our biggest competition, uh, whether we like it or not. Um, they're always going to do what it takes to, to go acquire the, the best players they can at the deadline. Um, there's a couple options that are available right now. Brought up uh, Barrios, brought up uh, Maeda, Gibson. Um, you know, maybe Sonny Gray is available at the deadline. And, you know, all, all hell breaks loose. Luis Castillo may be available at the deadline. I doubt it. I love Luis Castillo, and that's why I bring up his name. But who knows? Um, but we absolutely need starting pitching at this deadline. Um, 
you're right, Matt, starting to get redundant, starting to get annoying how often we need starting pitching because with all the talent in this lineup, you know, Manny playing amazing baseball right now. Fernando is going absurd. He's, he's absurd right now. He's insane. Tommy Pham bounced back. We've been waiting for a Tommy Pham bounce back. He does it. Trent Grisham's a star in this league. We know that. Will Myers chases guys batting over 300 in the last seven games. For, I mean, for Christ's sake, Eric Hosmer is batting over 300. Does I mean, doesn't make up for what he does on the field, which is awful, but batting over 300 the last 15 games. Jake Cronenworth, you know, there's a zone named after Jake Cronenworth, the Crone zone. The guy absolutely, the guy's amazing. Um, but starting to get annoying. Um, I I hope this gets fixed. Whether, you know, we'll probably have to trademark guys like Marcano, Campusano, um, Mateo, hopefully. Um, but, you know, we never know what we're going to see from AJ Preller. I think this is going to, I think there will be a blockbuster move on our side, hopefully, real soon. We're going to be doing another prospect roundup. It's been a couple weeks. Since then, there was unfortunate news. C.J. Abrams is out for the season. Uh, I saw a couple people con commenting about bringing him up, and that is not going to be the case this year. It looks like we're going to have to wait until 2022 to bring C.J. Abrams up. So that's kind of the big, uh, I guess, headline. Uh, Reese Nier was also called up, so that's another guy. Uh, but Chase, do you want to just kind of give a, an overview of where the full, full farm is at right now? So we've had a couple guys really overperforming and kind of going under the radar. They aren't on any of our top prospect lists because we just didn't know about them and they kind of just been killing it. Uh, the first guy would be Uribil Angel uh, Angelis or Angelis, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, he's an infielder and in like Elsinore right now. He's hitting 354 over the season with nearly a 400 on base percentage and 863 OPS. So absolutely killing it. We should probably see him getting a promotion into either double A or high A ball just to see how he develops. But yeah, we are finding these guys that are just middle infielders and we have kind of a stockpile of them. Though right now, yeah, it's kind of like a big old lamb. Though he is 19 years old, uh, Angel Solarte, he's an outfielder. He's kind of been flying under the radar too. He's having himself a solid season. Uh, a couple we see either get called up or promoted within the system that are less known as pitchers is Adrian Martinez. He's a righty. His last outing, he went six innings, no hits with two walks and nine strikeouts on the season. He has a 304 average with 47 and a third innings pitched. He's 24 years old and double A. So he's one of those guys that we may see get called up for a spot start. Like say if near goes down and they just call another guy up because a few of our pitchers are on the IL. And then another guy would probably be Aaron Leisher. He's more of a well or more of a household name within the system. He's averaging less than five uh, innings per start, but he does have a 2.54 ERA, showing that he is doing a pretty solid job. He's another lefty within the system. And then uh, Ethan Elliott also has had pretty good outings. He is in high A, he has a 2.95 ERA on the season. With just a little less than five innings per outing, he's 24. It's a righty. So uh, I'd like to see him in double-A, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres called him up to make a spot start because he's just been performing pretty well. Yeah, so a lot of guys there, a lot of guys performing well. Uh, mostly hearing about middle infielders and pitchers there and a couple guys that we could potentially see called up. Um, we are recording this after Reese Nier's debut. So he came up, looked really good. So – you start talking about bringing some of these guys up to see what they have. Uh, I liked I like Nears outing a lot. Uh, he's the 12th 
12th rated prospect in our system. So you see a couple of these other guys in double A that are performing really well. Maybe um, they come up, maybe don't even spot start, but maybe they piggyback after him because he only went three and two thirds this time around. So definitely really promising there. Um, another guy I want to bring up, this guy has absolutely been tearing the cover off the baseball. So I'll go to you right after I bring up his name, but that guy is Luis Campesano. So Isaac, what are your thoughts on him so far in July? I believe he has a OPS over 1300 and in June he had an OPS around 850. So dude is absolutely balling after we saw him earlier this year in the MLB struggle a little bit, but Isaac, what are your thoughts on, on Campy right now? Yeah, uh, we saw him earlier this year, and actually, other than, I mean, some catching situation, we saw Blake Snell had some issues with him behind the plate, but at at the plate, you know, while he was batting, I actually wasn't very frustrated with his performance, because I did feel like he was hitting the ball really hard, it's just sometimes he couldn't find the holes, and that's baseball for you, you know, sometimes you aren't going to find those holes, and I felt like Campy at the beginning of the season was a prime example of that, maybe except for Tommy Pham, um, but you know, down in the minors, he's he's really proven himself to be what we thought he was going to be, which was a really good hitting catcher. Um, he might be a really good trade piece when it comes to the trade deadline. I'm fully expecting him to, uh, you know, be involved in some trade talks. I'm a huge fan of his. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd like if he'd get traded, but I'd be, you know, I'm, I'm accepting of it that he might get traded. And I'm as big a fan of his as I am. You know, we do have some really good catchers in this uh, on the major league team with the Padres. And, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen with these prospects, especially catching prospects. We don't really have good history with these catching prospects. Uh, Austin Hedges, awful. Francisco Mejia, not as awful, but still pretty bad. Um, Luis Camposano, I thought, you know, third time's a charm. Uh, but he's hitting really well right now in July. He's doing really good in the minors. Um, he's caught a couple of these guys that are going to be brought up soon. You bring up Mackenzie Gore. He's caught Ryan Weathers before. He caught him in the majors this year too. Um, and I do think wherever he goes, if he stays with us or goes, he's going to be a very valuable piece down the line. And I think he's going to be hopefully one of the best hitting catchers in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Though right now he's kind of just kind of blocked because Caratini is Darvish's personal catcher. So, Caratini is going to be on the year for, or on the team for the next two to three years. So there's one catcher, and then you have Nola. We have on the books for I think the next two years, and so he just doesn't really have anywhere to go. I mean, it's kind of hard to carry three catchers and get them all reps at the same time. You can try, but I mean, you can throw Nola anywhere in the infield and outfield, but then you still have Caratini catching some games, and then you try to fit the rest for Camposano. It's just as talented as he is right now, he is blocked on the team. And I mean, I hate to say it, but he's more likely going to be, be traded at the deadline because probably might see him as expendable with how good he is. You know, he might get a real valuable piece back for him. But yeah, he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. I believe he's made some defensive uh, adjustments since he's getting more reps and can catch and see how he can call a better game. So, you know, that's always good for him. Uh, yeah, absolutely great to see that from him. Yeah, he's a guy that it does seem like there's a decent chance he gets traded. But if he is traded, let's not look at that MLB stint as something that's going to really hurt him that much. He only played in in like high A ball in 2019 and then played – he had, what, three at bat? He played one game in 2020. And then we saw him earlier this year in, in 2021 playing the, in the, the MLB, struggled a little bit. Uh, but since he's been in El Paso, he's – 
hit what he's hitting 277, 468, nine slugging. And then when he was in high A ball in 2019, he hit almost 330 and he had 15 home runs in 110 games. So he's a guy that's going to be a really, really good catcher. Uh, and so I think looking at like how he's going to be viewed, he, like you said, Isaac, he has a chance to be one of the better hitting catchers in the whole MLB. So if they do trade him, don't expect it to be just like some average player. Like they're going to get a lot back for him. Like he's going to be, he's a very highly coveted asset. And when we had Ryan on talking about potential guys that could get moved, he was brought up. And one of the things that was brought up about him is that his value, wherever he's ranked might be perceived a little bit higher just because of that. So I think that he's a guy that if he is moved, you're going to see him move for a lot. And if he's not moved, well, that's great. Cause he has a chance to be a very, very special player on the MLB. Uh, another guy I want to bring up to compete to Marcano. He's a guy that we've seen him a bunch bounce back and forth this year. Another guy that I think that could definitely be moved. Uh, currently hitting 292. He has a 388 uh, on base percentage and a 472 slugging right now in AAA. So he's been a guy that's been killing it in AAA as well. But Isaac, what are just your thoughts on him? And is he another guy you th- expect to be moved? I definitely expect him to be moved. I think even through spring training, I was thinking hopefully he keeps this up during you know the minor league season because – if he's able to keep this up, we're going to be able to move him. You know, he's a second baseman. He can play in the outfield, but, you know, his natural position is in the middle infield, preferably at second base. So I definitely thought, you know, with Jake there, we just got Hassan Kim. I mean, he can't play shortstop. So he's definitely blocked. Um, even then, he'll be blocked by C.J. Abrams here soon, too, who's a much better prospect than he is. Um, Tukupita, Mar- I mean, Marcano can't – I don't really think he can hit for power. But he proved me wrong when he had like four straight days of four. He had like four home runs in that span. So um, he can clearly hit for power. And I think what I really enjoyed, like what I really enjoyed of him when I watched him, that guy plays with so much heart. He plays with so much hustle and heart that like you want to root for the guy. You want to see him succeed. And, um, you know, he's hustling every play. He's he's uh, no matter what, even if he grounds out to the pitcher, he's hustling. Um, So I definitely hope he succeeds. Whether it's with us or with another team, I don't know. If I had to put money on it, I would bet that it'd be with another team. Um, definitely could be involved in like a Rangers trade uh, where we would get back Gallo. I think that's maybe the most likely scenario. Um, but I absolutely think he's going to get moved. It's really good to see that he's succeeding down the farm. And it's good to see that a couple of these guys succeeding down the farm because the Padres are in it to win it right now. And in order for us to, you know, make these guys tradable pieces, we need to see them performing. So really good to see. And even then they might not just be trade bait. The Padres could use this as like, Hey, a next man up kind of situation with how well they're performing in the minors. Like, Hey, you know what? This guy isn't cutting it at the major league level. Maybe we need to bench him and bring this guy up and see what he's got. And if not, yeah. Yeah, too bad we can't send Mateo down. Uh, he's out of options. So he's going to currently ride the bench until playoffs and who knows from how long. But hopefully another team sees him and his speed and be like, wow, we really need a pinch runner off the bench because that's exactly what he is. Uh, so, yeah, Marcano, I didn't – with when, when you see him at bat, you don't look at him and you're like, this guy shouldn't hit for a lot of power. Like – you look at him, he's a pretty skinny guy. You're like, I'm not expecting him to be hit, able to hit a lot of home runs. But then he goes down to the minor leagues. He, I think he hit two home runs this week. And the t- week he got sent into the minor leagues, he had like a two-home run game. You just 
He's tearing the cover off the ball. You can't help but root for the guy. But like Isaac was saying, he sort of is roadblocked here. He, you know, Cronworth's at second. Outfield is kind of occupied with Fam and Myers. Myers having his resurgence right now. The only infield position that is kind of worth keeping an eye on just because it's a touchy topic within the Padres community is first base. Some love them. Some people hate them. Not going to get into them. But that would be the one spot where if a player proved himself worthy, can take that spot, I think that's the spot that's open to take. And Marcano doesn't play first, though. So, unfortunately, he's out, too. Yeah, very interesting to see how he plays out. Uh, I do think there's a, a pretty strong chance that he has moved, and, and we've talked about him as a, a guy like that for a long time. Not to discredit him this year, really liked him a lot. And Isaac said he's a guy that flies down the line, plays with a ton of heart, and it's always fun to watch him out there. Um, Going to get into a couple guys kind of more negative. Joshua Mears, he's only hitting 205 this year, striking out a lot. Now, there is a positive takeaway from him. He has a 368 on base percentage, so he's also walking a ton. Reminds me of a certain player that the Potters are rumored to be trading for. Uh, kind of putting that that slash lineup. So he's a guy, I mean, he has seven home runs this year so far. Uh, he's had a quite a few, like, in his last 10 games. He had a couple games where he struck out three times. Uh, definitely do that is striking out a ton. Uh, if he can improve that part of his game, we've, we've seen the power show the ball and and that's always how I'm going to remember him until he gets called up is the dude that absolutely demolished the ball in spring training because that thing was absolutely rock. Um, so guy that's, that's struggling a little bit. And then Mackenzie Gore, he is also, he's dealing with a blister injury, so he hasn't been pitching. Everyone knows that he's been struggling with a lot, like his control this year. So we're going to see how that plays out at, in our live stream. We talked about it a little bit and chase basically advocated for him to come up and start eventually. Uh, maybe like chase, it was like, you said like a month or so. After he recovers from his injury, you'd like to see that? It really depends on the blister because I don't know if you guys saw there's a picture of Otani's blister that he was dealing with his rookie year, and that thing was nasty. That that would probably take like a month to heal after season. It it was pretty bad. So, like, those finger blisters, you're like, how bad can it be? They get pretty bad because of the seams on those balls. It, it really tears up those skin, and it really messes up those fingers. So... Uh, I'm saying like maybe a couple more weeks until that's fully healed. And, you know, then they said they were going to keep him in Arizona to try to fix some of his mechanics. So maybe in three weeks we get to see more of him in AAA, if not hopefully called up, because I don't think AAA is the place for him. It is a hitter-friendly park. And unfortunately, maybe he's down in the gutters right now and calling him up gives him a change of scenery, get confidence maybe gives him everything that he needs to put everything together i think the point that chase has with the whole you know bringing him up to to the major leagues i think you got to look at a superstar player on our team who has better stats in the majors than he did in the minors he's our shortstop he's a superstar in the league now fernando tatis maybe that could happen with Mackenzie gore you know and i'm not saying that's a guarantee but a change of scenery you know just the organization having enough confidence in you to be able to bring you up. They know the talent you have. The talent of Mackenzie Gore does not just disappear. You know, it's still there. Absolutely. Maybe it's a mental thing the way it was with Chris Paddock early in the season. He's still got a plus fastball. He still has four really good pitches. And, and I still believe he can, you know, I brought up earlier this year, how just the mechanics and everything remind me somewhat of like a Clayton Kershaw, maybe not like a, 
you know, maybe he won't pan out to be like Clayton Kershaw, but just the mechanics and everything, like the hype around him, he's the number one prospect in our system. And maybe that changed with CJ Abrams being so good, but he's still a really good prospect. And Chase brought up the blister. Yes, blisters are even to bat with, they're they're hell. Like they're really bad to play through. It hurts really bad. Um, it's kind of tough to be able to tough it out when you're a pitcher because you know you're expected to throw 80, 90 pitches with a blister on your hand. That's just unreasonable. It's it's uncomfortable. Um, we don't know how long that'll take to heal. Uh, he's in Arizona right now, like Chase mentioned. Hopefully, he's getting some, you know, watching some film of his, tuning up his mechanics, um, fixing everything up to get prepared for maybe some more starts in AAA, AA, or the, the major leagues. Because uh, you know, whether we like it or not, this this uh, this rotation isn't really cutting it. And if we're not able to make, you know, the moves that we need at the deadline, some guys in the farm system are going to have to come up. And the first name that's going to come up to mind is Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, gonna ha- kind of have to be on standby with McKenzie Gore to see how that blister heals up because, like you guys are saying, the timeline could be very different. Hopefully, he's back after the All Star break, and you know we see him out there, and his control looks better. Um, and hopefully, we get to see him this year. I think that I think the whole fan base wants to see that if he's a September call up and he comes out and he looks really good, that's going to excite a lot of people. Because um, 2022, I already know we're getting Mike Clevenger back as well. So if you kind of have him ready to go for 2022 and you have Clev there, that is really, really exciting for this Padres team and especially this rotation. Um, and especially looking at it like this last like two weeks, I mean, that makes it seem a lot, makes it a lot more optimistic. Uh, but anything else you guys want to add on this farm before we take off out here? Yeah, um, we a little more on Mackenzie Gore. His estimated time of arrival to the league was 2021. Um, obviously that's this year. Uh, so I, I absolutely think that it is a realistic possibility we see him get called up. Um, even if he is struggling down in the minors, the only way to find out if you're ready for the majors is to come to the majors and find out, you know, come to the majors and pitch some major league baseball, pitch some major league innings against some major league batters, you know, see what you got, see, go out there, see what kind of stuff you got, see if you can hit, hit your spots and see if the change of scenery really works out for you, you know, because, Maybe he's built. Maybe he's built for these big moments. You know, we never know. I know some people. Obviously, there's a lot of players out there who probably perform better in bigger moments. Um, but I think it'd be really cool to see Mackenzie Gore this year. I think everyone wants to see him. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if we talked about C.J. Abrams. I think we did earlier in the segment. Unfortunate. Unfortunate that you know he went down with an injury. I think he's our consensus top prospect. Um, really good hitter. Always has really amazing at bats. Um, you know, the speed, he's faster than Tatis. So unfortunate that he goes down this year. Hopefully we see him in the majors probably by 2023, I would assume, just because we don't know what's going to go on in 2022. We'll probably see him healing, probably see him healing throughout the process, maybe late 2022, but hopefully 2023 we'll see C.J. Abrams, and hopefully in 2021 we'll see Mackenzie Gore. Yeah, and just one last thing. Uh, I don't think any of us mentioned Robert Hassel. He's been absolutely killing it this week in the minors. Uh, he currently is hitting 289 with a 372 on base and 822 OPS. He has four home runs on the year, and he had a few games where he had three-plus hits, and he's just absolutely killing it this week. And hopefully he continues to build off this. Hopefully we can see a little bit more power. It's not striking out as much because when we saw him in spring training, it was a major concern. I think he had like 19 at bats and 17 of them were strikeouts and one of them were one or two were hits it was pretty concerning but hey seems to be taking that to heart 
and, you know, proven that he's going to be one of those top guys. He's developing at a good rate. Maybe we see him promoted at the end of the year to like double A, triple A, if maybe not a September call up because you know what? If he continues to perform, just let him show what he got at the major leagues and see where he's at in his developmental stages. And talk about a guy that kind of flying by prospect really I mean really early on so always great to see that from him um but I think it's gonna do it for this, today's episode so we'll make sure to get another one of these out soon just to kind of update you on what's going on in the farm uh a lot of guys brought up today so and, and we're not gonna be able to get to everyone there's, there's a lot of dudes out here uh, performing well definitely a couple of concerns as well but I mean overall I think you see a lot of these guys emerging so really exciting stuff um but that's gonna do it for today's segment so thanks everyone and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow